spoiler alert. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Things are good. We had our 20 week ultrasound today. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's the big one, right? Like that's the first big one. Yeah. So we, it was kind of the the nerve wracking thing was when I was like, so does everything look okay? And the x-ray tech was like, I can't say anything good or bad. And I was like, it's like, she's just like legit, not allowed. Like policy. I send this to the, yeah. She's like, I send this to the radiologist and then they send it to the doctor within two days and then you hear back from us. Okay. Cool. Anyways, our daughter looked very busy inside of Jen's uterus. Wow. That's great. That's so good. She's moving around a bunch. Yeah, if I'm not if I'm not gonna see you any more than like every several weeks, I feel like every time I see you, there's going to be all of this new experience to learn about. And both both professionally and personally in your family life. Yes. Yeah, that's the that's that's very true. You're a way better firefighter now than last time I saw you, for example. Yeah, probably. I've had more experience. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I see you're I still reticent think... to take on any kind of ownership of your of your heroism. Well, yes, definitely reticent to take on ownership of that because I I still don't believe it to truly. That's be that's but, fine. Uh, I'm just, I'm just busting uh, your balls. But I did. We haven't spoken since Canada Day, have we? No, probably not. So I took like an overtime shift at like a downtown Halifax station, hoping that it would be like, you know, like that I'd get a kind of rip the bandaid kind of thing. Like, okay. And it was not as crazy as I thought it would be. There was only like three calls. It was a slow day, admittedly, for for that. But I thought I might get a fire. But also like, I shouldn't be hoping for these things. You just, you also just want to like get some experience. But yeah. also like, yeah, it seems like Canada Day would be the time for like between barbecues and fireworks. It seems like you 100%. would be wanted. Yeah. People, drunk people putting on a late night fryer kind of thing. It's like catching fire and whatever happens. After. Even bonfires. <laughs> and my police officer friend bonfires, has too. said before that no question the holiday you want to work least is Canada Day. And it might be because he's like a Dartmouth really? police officer. And I think it's, yeah. I mean, it's a different kind of activity, what you do and what he does, especially in terms of like rowdiness and crowds. And you'll remember right. as recently as like five years ago, what went on downtown Dartmouth was really not desirable fun, <laughs> like stabbings. No. And, and it was just like absolute brawling and traffic was a nightmare. Um, but right. it's interesting 100%. that you had a completely different attitude about that occasion. I don't know if I had. Yeah, I guess I had a different. But like most most people didn't like most people wanted it to be quiet on Canada Day. Yeah. But it just usually isn't. Mm-hmm. But this time it actually kind of was. We went down to the Rib Fest on Canada Day, which was nice. nice. And we went down to the Jazz Fest last week because I had to do a bring on. It was my first bring on post COVID. Okay. How'd T- it go? Turns out I, I get just as stressed as always. Who are you bringing on? Uh, Half Moon Run. And Andy Schaff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah. I like Andy Schaff a lot, actually. I was really into his album last year. Did you Did you stay and watch the show? I was there for his set because I had to stick around for the headliner. Uh, but then I took right. off like right as Half Moon Run was coming on. I had no frame of reference for Andy Schaff, but he seemed he seemed like a good vibe. Like he was just kind of in the yeah. zone. Right. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. And did you stick around for Half Moon Run at all? Or no. no, I was actually by myself and it was cold and I, I didn't. You know, I, I, I didn't really want to be in a crowd of 3,000 people. It was jarring right. being being among that crowd. I'm in that many I'm coming to the, uh, I guess we're just going to pretend this never happened, much more slowly than the most of the people I see around me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm kind of like, it's always in the back of my mind, but mm-hmm. I'm also like, Hey, if this is the way we're doing it. <laughs> I get it. I get that. But right now, like yeah. the majority of my family has COVID and uh, Becky I and know. I can't it, figure out how we avoided it. It's a thing for sure. Like people are, have you had COVID yet? I've never oh. had it, but we were at never my, my cousin's wedding, which was at least partially an indoor wedding uh, a week ago, Saturday. And we find out like a few days later, because uh, I think Leslie had symptoms first and then Ross also. And then my dad, um, that yes, indeed, there were a couple of people who were positive at the wedding and they didn't know. And it turns out they were all exactly the people we were sitting across from. And so I just kind of felt like I I could see into my future. Like for sure, I'm just like any moment now I'm going to get symptoms. And also that thing starts to happen where 
you think you have symptoms, but really you just are like a person with an imperfect body. And so every time like your your throat kind of hurts or like, I don't know, I get belly aches all the time or I get tired or whatever. I'm like, is this sluggish this is or is this fatigue yeah. or am I tired? I can't figure it out. Right. And so I was really hypochondriacal about it. Um, but I, I was fine. And then the other tricky thing is that no one in my family can get a rapid test to say they're positive. And a couple of them have had PCRs, but like every day they're testing for a week now and they cannot get a rapid test to say they're positive. And I, I can't figure that out because you hear about people not testing positive on the rapid for like three or four days, yeah. but not ever. Want, like they've, between the four of them having COVID, they've done like 30 tests and they're all coming back negative. But they had positive PCR tests? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Do they feel shitty though? Oh, yeah. They all feel shitty. Oh, okay. My dad's kind of coming around. So and I, I, th I think my mom is probably the, the longest lasting with it now because she got it later. She got it from my dad. But like now are they, Becky and are I they were around hugging throat? all the same people and it was just, we're fine. Are they doing the throat slash nose swab? Oh, I, 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 I asked about that. And yes, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But you know, like That's also wild. a lot of people can get these things to work. So I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I, um, mine showed positive right away. Like we talked about it. It's, uh, it's just more it's of a, a mystery one. than ever is the thing. Mm -hmm. What are you watching yeah. for shows and movies? I feel like I'm watching a lot. Yeah. And movies, not as much. Me neither. I did watch everything everywhere all at once over the last Ugh, few days. Shoot. I, I, I really wanted to see it like quite recently. We almost watched it. And I would have loved to be able to talk about it with you because I think it's one of those movies that's fun to talk about, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. Although I watched it over like a couple different sittings, yeah. so it didn't quite have the full impact for me, but it was cool. I, I appreciated it. I liked okay. It. Yeah. I'm excited um, for that one. I've been So I watched all of The Bear. Yeah. And don't spoil anything for, for me about The Bear because- I won't. I just want to get in on on the, the bandwagon, although it occurs to me that it's not- uh, legally available in Canada, like your your access to this show was ill-gotten gains. Is that right? Yeah, I suppose it was through that Plex thing. It just right, happened right, to right. be on Plex, and I was like, "Cool, I'll watch it here." Um, and but it comes to Disney uh, Plus in the first week of August, and so I figure I can wait that long. That's not a big deal, and I want to oh, yeah. I want to see the show that people are are zeitgeisty about. But I'm totally. I'm getting impatient because like the rub on it is like, oh, maybe this is the best show of 2022, and that's exciting. Hmm. Yeah, people like it a lot. I don't, it's funny. I am I'm actually watching it kind of for like a, while I was doing stuff around the house today, because I had today off, I was, um, I had it on in the background for the second time around, which I rarely do. Right. I think I was just like, I want to put on something that I'm like fine with watching, but don't want to um, have to commit to like being dead set on this. So I'd be like going upstairs and doing stuff while I was just kind of like playing the whole time. Yeah. Um, and I like it a lot, but I don't like, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I'm not sure about the end of it. I'll say, or I'm not sure about the end of the year. I'll say it was one of the best shows of 2022. I like it. Is it without giving anything away? Is it like a vibe show the way I would throw on parks and rec to keep me company? Cause it seemed to me like it was a heavier drama than that. But you say you put it on in the background. It's not that heavy of a drama. Okay. Like people are really building it up to be like a super, like, I don't know. I, to me, it's just like, it's a good show. There's some decent conflict in it. It's, there's like a broody main character who's trying to, you know, be a hero. Kind yeah. Of thing. But, but it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just like a good kind of passive watch for me. Last time we potted, we had both finished volume one of Stranger Things 4, but volume two hadn't come out yet. Right. And it was just those two like like mammoth cinematic final episodes. Yeah. What did you think of those? I liked them. Yeah. I thought it was good. Good good tie together at the end. Solid, solid season. I'm so game for a two and a half hour season finale. I think that that's like, totally. I mean, very few shows can get away with it, but I thought it was it was really great. Certain things about it, and it's kind of in my in my distant past now, so it's hard to remember specifics, but I do think my overall note about Stranger Things 4 was that it, the cast was too splintered and that we didn't get to experience their chemistry yeah. at its best. Um, and then some of the pacing of the, you know, like it, if you were going to make a two and a half hour season finale and you were going to include a 48 hours later, why not just make a three hour season finale? Do you know what I mean? Right. Because it was yeah. really weird when it seemed like the climax was happening and then they were like, oh, and then two days went by. 
And right. now Hawkins is just kind of like sad Here and living in the gym. Again. And so yeah. I, I felt like that was kind of kind of clunky. And it's okay to spoil it now, right? People have watched this show if they care. Um, I think so. I thought that the death of Jason was like really uh, buried. And like, I, I'm satisfied to see him torn in half by, uh, by the big like Vecna thing. But right. it was just so in the corner and you need to rewind to make sure you actually saw what you think you saw. And right. I don't know. I just thought the pacing was kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah. And I also thought the the reveal with Hopper and L was a little lackluster. Yeah, I did well up, but I think you're right. I think like when she, when she went to the room and she did her little force powers thing and she didn't close the door, I didn't get that that was because he always told her to keep the door open until she said it <laughs> until she's like, uh, I, Oh, yeah. I never closed the door. And, right. and so I'm not sure if that was written as well as it ought to have been. But you're right. Like she, right. she should be more shocked that he's alive. Like they had a funeral. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think so. She kind of just like wells up immediately and is like, "What?" and hugs him. And then the other thing is, I think they wasted some people. Uh, like I'm not a huge Finn Wolfhart fan, but like Mike used to be the star of the show, and he was like yes. a, a D level character this season. And the whole like totally. Will Jonathan dynamic, even like the 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 stoner dude who drove the bus. Like he was yeah. funny, but I don't know if the, he added anything to the show. No, and is is Will in love with uh, Mike? Well, he is, as it turns out, a, um, because like we've learned? obviously that's what you're supposed to glean from that, right? Right. Um, okay. And I don't know if like the Duffers went to uh, Noah Schnapp and they asked him if they wanted that if he wanted that to be part of the character. I have no idea like what the origin of that being in there is, mm. um, but. I kind of liked is, that they did. Is Noah Schnapp gay IRL? Is that why? Not for me to say, and 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 I I don't know, but um, okay, so I, it's not it's not a known thing. If no, it's not. I kind of get that sense, but it doesn't. I don't know. Um, well, I just wondered because you asked about like the Duffer brothers specifically asking yeah. him, so I wondered if you meant like it was like a like an Elliot. I mean, I I kind of get that sense, but I also think our generation and generations above ours get hung up on these like like declarative like labels about about self, and I think probably Gen Z doesn't feel that's necessary, and I actually think that's kind of rad. Mm. Um, cool. And so anyway, I'm not really sure. I, I I kind of liked though that they were able to tell that story for for Will without needing to be like really explicit about it that they were able to have the nice moment with he and jonathan in the kitchen of the of the mcdonald's or whatever it was where he's like hey i'm always going to be your brother i'm always going to be there for you and he has similar moments that are quite tender with mike where mike promises to be a better friend uh and you get exactly what will is feeling without them having to like have this like big coming out moment but then yeah. Noah Schnapp like goes to the press, and by the way, he's getting to be like kind of a savvy celebrity. I don't know if you saw that he had like a like a weird thing with was it Dua Doja, Lipa or Doja, it was Cat. Doja Cat? Yeah, and yeah. so I think he's like really quite liking being a famous person right now, and that's fine, good for mm -hmm. him. Uh, but he said in an interview this week, like he confirmed that about the character. And I'm just from the, like, just from a writing standpoint, I'm from the school of, if it's not in the text, it's not definitely true. Not canon. No, it's not canon if it's not in the text. It, it can be intuited, and that's up to the viewer. But, like, it's, right. it's not for the actor to come out and say, by the way, this is how you're meant to interpret this, and this is absolutely right. true. I just, I kind of think that that's, like, wrong, but also I'm not that invested in that storyline, so sure. I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's a long way to say I don't care. Um, mm. I watched Conversations with Friends. I think I told you that that wasn't very good, and it wasn't. I watched all the way through. Uh, Taylor Swift's fiance, what's his face, uh, has no chemistry at all. I watched this documentary about uh, Mormons in Utah. Have you heard of Keep Sweet, Eat Sweet, Pray, pray and, and Obey? obey. <laughs> I said Eat Sweet, I meant Keep Sweet. Yeah, it was this four-part thing about these like really intense fundamentalist uh, Mormons, and like to say that about any Mormons is like well duh, but these folks take it to a whole other level. I mean, it's just your your run-of-the-mill cult documentary, and it's very disturbing, um, but we kind of got sucked into it. And then to to get ahead of it, the frustrating thing in the end is that there's really no resolution to it. Like, they're just going to keep going on being this really fucked-up organization forever and ever. Yeah. And you feel quite empty yeah. at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to rush to watch that one. I, I, I saw would. it, and I specifically was like... Mm. 
not sure if that one's for me. Yeah. What else? What are you What are you watching? You must have seen the so, first episode of the rehearsal. I know you were on the rehearsal. No, I have not yet. Okay. I was gonna tell. I was gonna be totally transparent about the fact that I went on to Reddit television earlier, and I was like, I still haven't watched the rehearsal. That came out on the fifteenth, I think. Um, so I do need to watch that. I've been uh, watching the old man. The old oh, man yeah. is really good, right? Um, and we've been watching for all mankind. Which one's that? Uh, that's the uh, Apple TV one about the moon landing where oh, like yeah. if, if everything was like a little, but, and it has uh, who's the main guy, um, guy, guy who ended up being in the later season of house of cards, Joel Kinnaman, the tall guy. Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. You've, you've helped me with this before. Yeah. Um, anyways, good. See, like it started out in the sixties, right. With like the space race. And now it's jumped to like 94. Oh, like they've cool. jumped like kind of like, five to 10 years every season so far. That's bold. And now they're in 94. Yeah. So he's supposed to be playing a man who looks much younger than he actually is. Right. No, I like that. But I it's, it's really neat. It's cool. I, and they always use the the music from the era too. So it's nice. a lot of good like, and it's weird because they, they alter timelines. So different things happen at different, you know, like for instance, like the iPod is out in like 94 and there are like flat screens. Oh, but they're changing history. And so maybe it was. They're changing history. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Exactly. It's, but it's always like very, very small things. Like, yeah. But actually, no, not necessarily small things. Sometimes it's huge things. Right. But sometimes it's small things. So like, like they have a character who was a former astronaut who got in over Bill Clinton. So oh, it was okay. like a Republican led astronaut yeah anyways it's a it's a cool series is the man like in the high that. castle another one of those um alternate history shows it is but i think to like a way crazier extent that yeah one's like if left was right then right is certainly left now and like it's if know. somebody else won some war i think it like really changed yeah, so all if of the culture. nazis if the nazis won oh shoot yeah. and that's an amazon prime show what about chris pratt's amazon prime show because i kind of wondered if you would go down that list. road it seemed like you yeah, might i think you might have, I don't know if you asked me or if I pictured you asking me this. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I've, I, I've heard that it's very, very serious. Yeah. Which is a kind of a funny vibe. I mean, like almost seems like pointed. Let's do like yeah, it's serious. It's a zag for Pratt for do. sure. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't watched it yet, but it's kind of, uh, kind of on the list. So I'll check it out. This morning, I just watched the first half of the first episode of the rehearsal anticipating that you probably had watched it. And so I wanted to see okay. it in time for the pod. And then we were doing the pod kind of early tonight, so I didn't get to finish it yet. So I'm actually kind of relieved that you haven't watched it. I'm excited to talk about it with you. Um, all Did I'll you say- like what you saw so far? Yeah, I do. I really like it. And it's, it's true okay. what they say, which is that it's not just like an awkward exercise in improv for Nathan Fielder. Like it is a, right. a real social experiment, which is quite interesting. The premise yeah. of it is good. I will say, without giving anything away, uh, the the theme of the first episode is kind of like low stakes. So I'm really okay, excited sure. to see what they do with the next few episodes, what when they involve some other people with some like real weird shit going on. Cause I think that oh, I love this. they're definitely like making all the stops. It's, I don't want to give nice. anything away, but it's, it's very cool. And there's nobody like Nathan Fielder. Um, I watched, <laughs> I watched both new Dakota Johnson movies so the first one being Persuasion, which is on Netflix, and that's a Jane Austen adaptation. I guess this is the last big Jane Austen book that I've seen adapted to a movie with like a famous actress. We watched that on Friday, and it's okay. It's getting terrible reviews, but we actually thought it was fine. Um, okay. But that's all I need to say about Persuasion on Netflix. And we also watched uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth about a month ago. Yeah, what's that like? You got to watch it. You got to see this movie. Is it a good one? You will really okay. like it. Yeah. In fact, I think it's it's quite you and I have you and I have slightly different tastes, but this movie is a good example of where our tastes tend to overlap. Where we could meet in the middle. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Cha cha real smooth. What's it about again? Can so you give me a ten second overview. There's oh I'm gonna give you more than ten seconds. There's this guy, okay. uh Cooper Rafe, I think his name is, and he's just uh a great success story about a dude who makes like silly home videos on YouTube and he emails one of them to one of the Duplass brothers and then the Duplass brother like takes him out to lunch and now he makes feature films and he's like 25 and he this is his uh. sophomore movie that he wrote and directed and starred in uh, the first one was called Shithouse and then the second one 
also stars Dakota Johnson. And the premise is really cool. He plays this guy who's like out of university and is kind of wayward and doesn't know what he's going to do with his life. But his job is working as a bar mitzvah party starter. And so he goes to kid parties and he like gets the vibe going and he like gets kids no on the way. dance floor and he like, he basically hosts your bar mitzvah uh, and parents pay him. And anyway, it's a kind of like a, a sweet coming of age story where he sort of falls in love with one of the single moms and he gets really close okay. with her kid. And it's just really lovely. Nice. It doesn't sound like a million miles away from maybe like a younger, the wedding singer kind of idea. Sure, but it's much more grounded than that. It's like a lot, okay. a lot more, yeah, a lot more pathos than the wedding singer. <laughs> sure. Okay. It's uh, the wedding singer meets um, uh, Whiplash. Yo, well, no, it's you know what? It's neither of those movies. Although they're all good, okay. I'd watch any one of them anytime. All right. I rewatched right. Straight Outta Compton for no particular reason, and that movie's better than I remember. It holds up. Okay. Good. Maybe your expectations were higher when you first watched it. Maybe. Uh, and we've been watching Loot with Maya Rudolph, the new Alan Yang show yes. on Apple TV+. Plus. We watched we watched the first couple episodes yesterday. It was funny. I was really expecting... I don't know why I was stuck on it being like that forever show that Maya Rudolph and oh, Fred Armisen yeah. were in. And it was just so like dour that I couldn't quite get into it. But this one's really funny. This is quite the opposite. In fact, it, it really has a Parks and Rec vibe in that it seems to seek to... Uh, celebrate people and like it it has a real optimism about like how people can be if they're right. put in a certain position um, right. and it's like and, Parks and Rec and, in that it's like a great ensemble of funny people and it's not just about like it's built around Maya's experience the same way it's it's built around Leslie Nope's experience but then like you learn very quickly like what's going on with Ron Funches or Nat Faxon or right. or uh, some of these other people and it's like I, I think it's a great group and the sad moments are funny yeah, I think so. And Adam Scott is turning out to be in it more than I expected. Oh, cool. Yeah, what a guy. Nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, let's talk about that in a few minutes. A couple other things I wanted yeah. to talk about. We've been rewatching The O.C. because it's on Amazon Prime and we're only like nine in, but that's a fun revisit. Man, what was I talking about recently about Marissa dying? No, Marissa was, she, she got shot, right? Uh, she, I think she gets shot at some point. No, she dies in a car accident, but she dies in a car accident because she was hit in the sauce, right? Yeah, maybe it's that. I mean, somebody gets shot because that's the famous image and heat moment, but I don't, right. I think she, she shoots, she shoots somebody like she's the one who picks up the gun and shoots. Is it Ryan's brother? Ryan's brother. I yeah. Think. Yes. Yeah. But then she dies in a in a car accident, and I remember Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah plays, and so I was quite surprised when it played also in the pilot because I remembered it iconically playing when Marissa dies. But now it's yes. been recontextualized because it means it's like a it's a reprise of Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah in bookending the two Marissa experiences. Anyway, like mm -hmm. having now gotten like Dawson's Creek under my belt and being like all the more informed about the teen melodrama. It's so funny to go back to the one that was the original one for me, which, by the way, is not nearly as good as Dawson's no. Creek. It's not very good, but eh, it's incredibly watchable. Nice. Yeah. I would not have any idea what I was in for if we just turned on the first episode of the AOC right now. The first one's shockingly bad because they're all so, really? they're so young. Like, it's one of those things, I think, where they made the pilot a year before they made episode two. And right. like... I mean, some of them aren't young, like Ben McKenzie is actually 25 and Misha Barton is 16 or 17. And so that they have like love scenes is, is very bizarre. But also they yeah. just it, the show is really cheap at first and the acting is bad across the board. And I mean, except for Peter Gallagher, Sandy Cohen. He's a real genius. Yes. He kind of holds it together. What's it, What's Adrian? Uh, not Adrian Brody. Uh, Adam Brody. Adam Brody. Like, I mean, he's good. He's the he's the likable one. But like, right. but in the early setup with his romance with Rachel Bilson, like she's not even like just one of the cool girls who doesn't pay him any attention. She's like openly awful to him. So she's like quite irre oh, yeah. irredeemable early on. You can't really figure out why he's in love with her. Um, right. And also you can't really figure out why we're supposed to buy uh, Seth Cohen as a, as a dork. Like he's insanely right. handsome and charming. Like <laughs> At any school, this guy would be A-list. Right. And he was also like 32 at the time. Yeah, probably. Probably so. <laughs> and the the other show we're revisiting, and, and you know, I've talked about this show a lot on the podcast, is Boy Meets World. 
if only because oh. there's a new Boy Meets World rewatch podcast with Daniel Fischel, Ryder Strong, and Wilfred L, aka Topanga, Sean Hunter, and Eric Matthews. And I gotta tell you, these three do a good podcast together. Really? It's so they start episode one and just go through it? Yeah, in fact, they're doing two episodes a week. And so Thursdays are recap day, and then Mondays are interview day. And so okay. they'll just have on somebody else from the show and they'll chat about their experience. They are all much better podcasters than The Office Ladies. And it seems like an oh, easy great. comparison. But there's really a lot of interesting stories and they've got a good control. They've got a good vibe. You really buy that they're all friends. They're not, I wouldn't say they're dishing, but like there's a little bit to be read between the lines about like who remains close and like and what it was like to work with certain people. And I have a real affinity for Boy Meets World. And so like, to kind of come back to these people and they're like actually very well-rounded, sophisticated, charming adults too is is really nice. And so I'm loving Pod Meets World. Has Ben Savage been in any of the episodes yet? No, and that's the natural question when they're interviewed about the podcast because they had been interviewed a lot in their like launch of it. Uh, did you go to Ben Savage? And they all just said, yeah, we, we let him know that we were doing it, but he said he didn't really want to be a part of it. He said, it's not for me. Uh, of course, the door, door's always open anytime he wants to join us on the show. And so, like, that's what I mean right. about reading between the lines. Like, I kind of get the impression that he hasn't endured as, like, their friend, where there might not be right. any bad blood. They're just not as close. And so, it won't was surprise me. World, was Girl Meets World him and Tanga? Everybody came back for Girl Meets World, although that show oh, wasn't okay. very good. No, no. Right. Now, there was something with Fred Savage recently, wasn't there? Did we talk about this? There's been, a, like, there's been a few things like, with Fred Savage over over the okay. years. And you're right. There was one not so long ago. I don't remember which. was it, I think it might have been Wonder Years. I think the Wonder Years fired him. Yes. Yes, that's what it was. I was shocked to hear that. We might have covered this. So I'm sorry if we're, we're treading over. I mean, like, that's that's over. really quite the, the poetic justice. Like, considering, you know, to everybody, he's the Wonder Years. And then he comes back to yes. direct and showrun the reboot. And then he gets fired for bad behavior that's really quite a turn yeah definitely yeah anyway that's uh um, that's I all saw someone, shows. uh because my sister's working on law and order organ i saw someone on law and order organized crime got shot what yeah like one of the like parking attendants got shot this morning and i wanted to text my sister being like hey like unrelated to the show you're not talking about an alec baldwin situation no I'm sure he'd love me referring to it as an Alec Baldwin situation. We always got to think about what Alec Baldwin wants. I try to. I try to. So this is just like his own personal business. Some some bad blood. I think so. I don't know. My sister hasn't responded. You could ask your sister. She would know better than us. (laughs) That's we have a serious inside scoop on this shooting. Right. TV land. Yeah. Let's let's get her on the horn. Uh, this is Nope Week. Are you excited about Nope? Oh, yeah, I am. But I I still haven't seen Top Gun Maverick. I still haven't seen... Um, there's another movie that I should be seeing in theaters. I still haven't seen Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean, it's on Disney+. Plus. You can watch that at home now. I know, I should. Yeah, I, I, don't, don't, know I don't really care to. No. I'm being told we're running out of time. Yeah, why do we have a time limit? I don't know. That sucks because that's never been a problem on Zoom before. Well, if it runs out, I'll just quickly start up a new one, I guess. Yeah, you didn't invite more than me, did you? I didn't mean to. Like, no, I don't think so. Well, it says two participants. Aren't I one of the participants? Yeah. Okay, it's going to run out in 10 minutes, and then I'll just quickly throw you another one, and we'll finish up the show. Sure. Um. Yes, I haven't been to a movie in a long time. I've only been to two movies post-COVID. I think we're going to go to see The Crawdads because Becky read the book and we kind of want to see how the adaptation goes. Although there's this very interesting thing about the author. Are you aware about like the murder scandal she's loosely connected to? No, I don't think so. Delia Owens is the writer of Where the Crawdads Sing, which is like one of the biggest commercial literary successes of the last five years. And now it's a movie starring Daisy Edgar Jones and it's from Reese Witherspoon's uh, production company and the movie's getting very, very bad reviews. Um, but the the writer of this book wrote a couple other books before she was a famous novelist about uh, her like adventures in 
the African safari with her husband. And basically they were vigilante uh, poacher poachers and they would basically like fight against uh, animal poaching, I guess for some kind of noble reason. But somewhere along the lines, like 20 years ago, one of the poachers who would have been like public enemy number one got shot and murdered on camera. There's like a CBS crew that was like with Delia Owens and her husband. And there is video footage of this poacher getting shot dead. And the crew and this family knows what happened and who shot him, but nobody's talking. And so like she might get extradited to like be to stand trial and for like a murder investigation. And so I I don't know a lot of the specifics about crawdads, but it is about like it is kind of a whodunit, I think. And so Becky says, it's very eerie knowing that this woman has these secrets considering the book that I just read. Yeah. Oh, that's super weird. I know Jen's read the book as well. It's on the bookshelf. Becky and I are going to do a double feature because she read Crawdads and I'm uh, just a few pages out from finishing The Firm. And <laughs> which oh. they're not the same, but we're going to, we both read a book and we're, we're going to watch both movies. And so that's our This Weekend. Who did The Firm? Uh, well, Tom Cruise is in, in the firm. He stars in the firm. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But who wrote it? Was it like a... Oh, John Grisham. John Grisham. Yeah. Grisham. Speaking of Tom Cruise, um, we're like well past the billion dollar mark in Maverick now. Did you yes. know that Tom Cruise negotiated for 10% of the of the earnings from the first run of that movie? From the... No, that's crazy. Yeah, making him one of the highest paid actors from a single production in film history. Whoa. He did it. Yeah. He's made like $120 million just from Tom, Top Gun Maverick. Cruise control. <laughs> that's right. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that's been made. Before. I do want to see Nope, uh, or I think I do. I mean, it might be, if it's us scary, I won't see Nope, but if it's Get Out scary, I, think, I want to see it. I think Nope is going to be like signs. Yeah. It's, well, it it's, like it's a, kind of vibe. he calls it a flying saucer movie, but he's not giving away much. And I have heard that a lot of the scary stuff takes place in daylight which is a really interesting Ooh, challenge. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Did you see the Rings of Power trailer? No, I haven't. I think it looks pretty good. Okay, yeah. it should. Well, yeah, it looks expensive, but I also think it looks good. I hope I hope it's good. When is the, the House of Thrones thing coming out? House of Dragons. Um, soon, I guess. You, yeah, because I, I feel like I'm seeing more and more me talk too. about it and even like crave is advertising that they're streaming all of game of thrones maybe they like, want to beat lord of the rings to the punch and put it out in but lord of the rings comes out in september so i don't think they're going to do that i don't because there hasn't been a trailer right. for for house of dragons i did see that mm. that martin said that um the winds of winter which i guess is the next book um yeah that it's going to be quite different from hbo's Game of Thrones finale, which is like a smart thing for him to do. He basically gets a yeah. mulligan and people are like predisposed to appreciating it. But he actually yeah. has to write the book and release it too for that to be true. Just so funny. I always see pictures of uh, George R. R. Martin and he always looks the exact same. Yeah. He's always being interviewed and it's just like the exact same shot. Yeah. He's very silly looking. Yeah. James Conn died. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. James Conn. I wonder what his son's doing now. Scott Conn. I forgot about Scott Conn. I forgot that that was Scott a thing. Con. He was definitely a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he worked for a while. Well, I mean, he was in the Oceans movies, but also the Hawaii Five-O show. I think that was pretty good sure, for him. Sure, he was in Hawaii Five-O. He was in uh, the last couple seasons of um, Entourage. He was in... Yeah, uh, I see that. I see that for gone him. Gone in 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's got a very specific type of... Apparently he's an artist too, though. I'd love to see what kind of art. Aren't Scott we all? Hey, I would uh, say it was probably like pictures of Ferraris. Love is real because uh, Ben and J Lo finally got married. Yeah, we yeah we live we, in we that timeline. The, yeah, we live in that timeline. And, and does anyone really care? Like, I, I feel like it's kind of like people are like, all right. I mean, I don't like, not care. They've always been a tabloidy couple, apart yeah. and together, and like I don't really care. Uh, in in a in like a I care about celebrities' marriages kind of way, but like I care because I I do unironically think it's a great love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Imagine they just stay together forever. That's the weird thing is imagining. That, that. would be the great love story. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yes. you're so right because there is a big part of me that thinks it's impossible. You're kind of like, mm, that's going to be sad when they divorce again. Right. But who knows? And then you also have to feel for Jennifer Garner who put up with a lot between JLo's. Yes. Only to see her, her, a, her kid's dad go back to Jennifer Lopez. You know what? Maybe that's the great love story is when Ben gets back with Jennifer Garner. No, because if he does, the, if he rallies on another Jennifer, we're going to be like, oh, this is your thing now. <laughs> now you're just obsessed with Jennifer. These yeah. guys start dating Jennifer. Aniston. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Why not? And then on the other uh, side of the spectrum, uh, Jesus and Miro broke up. Yeah, I don't think like it must have been a, a amicable breakup. Like they're just doing. It's not. No, no, no. It's it's pretty widely reported that it is not at all amicable, and that there's oh, bad blood what? now. Yeah. Oh my god! I saw some of the headlines. I was like, oh, they must have just decide to end the show. So, do you know any anything? No, I don't think there is anything to know, and they're not like mainstream famous enough for there to be a lot written about it. But I guess it's considered to be like quite abrupt that they've ended their show, and that it is not that cool. It might be a function of like somebody got an offer and the other guy didn't, or like somebody thinks that they're worth more than just the pairing of them. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a close relationship with their content, although I always enjoy it. Um, it does seem like a bummer. It does. It does. I feel like, I feel like Jesus is kind of like the really like, like powered up one. Like he's like bringing most of the energy. Is he the skinnier one? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I agree. And Miro's like a great side guy and like has some good lines here and there, but like, but while that can be an entertaining dynamic, the dynamic you just described is not flattering in equal measure. So you can see how there might be like a little bit of a rift if somebody feels like their lunch is getting eaten. Totally. Totally. Yeah. But also, I don't know that like from the interviews I've heard with Miro, I don't know that he's sort of got the moxie to like get up and do it himself. Right. I guess time will tell. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Or maybe maybe in a few years they'll get back together, just like Benefer. Benefer. Okay, yeah, let's um that. let's shut this down and then we'll reconvene in the new Zoom. Okay? Okay. All right. See you in the museum. Okay. Seems like a pretty good what hack for, for their little their little paywall. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we got around it. Yeah, from beyond the paywall, we're sorted. So yeah, do you have to get like a premium membership now or something? I don't know. It seems like yeah, it seems like this this new one I just set up also is flagged with. Just so you know, you only get forty minutes. Forty minutes. Interesting. I can't well, keep up with the changing technology. Neither can I. Just just in April, I was using these for not April. When was I using these? March. Yeah. I was using these for, no, early February. I saw early February was the last time I was getting I saw a tweet that said COVID would have been a good name for Zoom. Why is that? Because like, it's like video and it's like a cooperative video, COVID. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to leave that long pause Zoom, in there. I think it was Zoom good for is us. A- <laughs> Zoom is a weird name for calls. I'm not sure why. Well, yeah, why like they could have named it absolutely anything. Like, I, yes. we've all talked about how like Skype really seemed to drop the ball at the start of COVID, totally. and like Zoom, this company that already existed, but like could never have predicted that they would have such an incredible opportunity to become a household name as they did. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But why were they called Zoom? Like, they're not the first company to be called Zoom. No. Skype, also not a great name. Like, I just think there can be something with, like, calling. Maybe it is COVID. COVID. I don't know. You're right. Skype is just a random word, except for that now it has, like, cultural meaning the same way Google does. Otherwise, these are just, like, silly sounding words, but you Uh, can use Skype as a verb. And that's that's power. You can. But it it just, it got there. Do you find, though, that, that, Americans who use Zoom a lot on podcasts refer to Zoom as a singular noun instead of a verb. You'll hear a lot of people on podcasts be like, here on this Zoom, they'll refer to it as a Zoom. 
like the platform on which you're zooming interesting now i i could say like zoom call Mm. i I hear them say that a lot here we are on this zoom for the show show it always stands out to me yeah Mm. yeah that is weird i think most people are are i would just say it was a call i wouldn't even necessarily say what what we were using i would say it's a podcast it's a cast. It's a cast. And we have to talk it's about the Emmys. The nom- nominations came out last week. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of shockers, I guess, but uh, a lot of repetition. Do you have any like specific feelings, anything that jumps out about the nominations? I don't know if I've even seen like the full Emmys list. I've kind of just seen headlines. Okay. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've got, I've got the list here in front of me and it always is quite boring when I just like read a long list of names, but like mm-hmm. we can go category by category and talk about like what we think is right and wrong. Um, starting with Outstanding Drama Series, which is kind of like best picture. It's kind of like the most exciting award for a whole production to win. And it's loaded with a lot of good shows, many of which we've watched in full. I think, you know, you've watched almost all of them in full. Um, mm-hmm. Better Call Saul, which does appear to be having like a real moment right now. And I guess because yeah. it's its swan song, but you haven't watched that show and I certainly haven't. It would seem that a lot of people would, would say that it is every bit as good as Breaking Bad. And and yeah. that would make it perhaps the greatest spinoff in TV history. Yeah, week by week, there are headlines about the episode that just happened being like, why we needed to talk to the creator about how this episode is written and so it's it's wild well it really makes you wonder what's vince gilligan going to be capable of when he's not in that universe anymore like is he going to write a new show that doesn't rely on albuquerque because i'd like to see it i'm sure he's done with it like he must be yeah he must be done with it yeah basically like what like 14 seasons of yeah, and he never slowed down. He never like phoned it in by the sounds of things. He probably no. wants to rest and like really try out something different. Um, yeah. Euphoria, which we talked about quite a bit. Um, interestingly, you watched most of season two of Euphoria, but you didn't really see season one. No. I would tell you quite confidently, and I don't think I'd be the only one, uh, that season two Euphoria is considerably less good than season first, season one. Um, oh really? While still like very juicy, I think it's a lot yeah. messier. I don't think it's as high quality okay. of a of a TV production, so I don't think it deserves to win. Um, Ozark, I gave up on Ozark. The rub is yes. that that show also just got to be like exhausting. And, I still haven't and not different enough. All of Ozark. Right. And that's yeah. my that's my criticism about a lot of these nominations is that like. Oh, of course we're talking about Rachel Brosnahan again. And like it's it's not a criticism of her and I'm not exactly versed in her performance, but like it just seems to me like Tony Shalhoub's not adding anything in season 6 of Maisel, you know? No. It's that's not his special year. And so you know that John Oliver is going to win best variety series again. You just know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're probably going to have another Ted Lasso sweep and maybe that's boring. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot of Ted Lasso attention was paid. Uh, Outstanding Drama also nominated Severance, which is really exciting. I don't think Severance is going to win yeah. that, but it was one of the best new shows of the year. Fair? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Squid Game, you had opinions about that because you watched the whole thing. Uh, and I remember you saying I that it's like I entertain, entertaining, but not, not quality TV. Yeah, I cannot believe that it got nominated for best, best series. That well, was like... That was a, like, we have to pay justice to the numbers. And we're also, yeah, we're also, like, fastening all of this, um, g- like, gravity to the significance of a non-English-speaking series getting nominated. Like, like it's some kind of achievement. And it it yeah. is, of course, but, like, at the cost of the show being of a high caliber. Like, that was really exciting when it happened for Parasite, which was... Uh, an opus right yeah <laughs> and this yeah, is yeah, just I this guess. like like kind of pulpy gimmicky thing yeah 100 percent. stranger things right. but it's it's stranger things three that's nominated which and this is a classic case of like what is the qualifying period for the emmys i'm so friggin' confused stranger things three was years ago really yeah stranger things three it is yep yeah, what's what year did that come out truly years ago but I'm not sure if they like held, if they wanted to like defer to the 2022 Emmys. I have no idea. 
Um, Succession, which I think will win. And Mm -hmm. certainly it's one of the most fun times I've had watching a show. Uh, And Yellow Jackets, you finished that. Yes. Yellow Jackets, good. Not sure what the long-term tenability is. I don't know that we'll see it get nominated again. Becky watched all of Yellow Jackets. Outstanding comedy series. I don't know if this is the year for Abbott Elementary, but it seems like it has a a Schitt's Creek thing going, doesn't it? Different in that it hasn't built over six years, but it seems like all at once, it's it's a very cool take to say that Abbott Elementary is very good. Yeah, I agree. And I... I honestly, like, I don't know. After watching a couple episodes of, like, Loot, I feel like Loot is funnier than Abbott Elementary. Yeah. I need to actually fully watch Abbott Elementary. Maybe there's a, a point that I haven't got past yet. It's but. on the plus. You can watch that now. I watched a couple more, and it's fine. It's really good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've watched, like, three or four episodes. Quinta Brunson is playing Oprah in the Al Yankovic story. I saw that today. Is that yeah. no yet? I thought it, it, it kind of came and went. No, we still don't have a date for it. Okay. That movie's like it's 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 just going to be like a movie of the week, but I think Reddit's really excited for it and so there's always going to be updates on it. Yeah. Okay. Um other outstanding comedy series, Barry, like one of the most dramatic shows I watched all year. Yeah, why isn't that a drama series? Give me a break. That, it's so silly. I mean, it, like some of it it in premise is satirical. Like some of uh-huh. the Sally character, is that her name? Yeah. Like yeah. she's pretty satirical. Yes. But like that whole, I, I keep forgetting to, t- to tell you that whole scene, I thought it was maybe the funniest scene in the series, and it did not have really, it had Vanessa Bayer as the oh, yeah. agent, and yeah. then her other agent saying, well, she does, but she doesn't do. That's excellent, yeah. Uh, that whole scene made me laugh right It's there. perfect for Vanessa Bayer, and I did I tell you I finished watching I Love That For You? Which doesn't really, no. it's not great. Like, I, I don't think it should get a second season. And actually, it ends really strongly. But I think they should probably cut their losses because it wasn't like a okay. big deal. But it was a really yeah. good vehicle for her specific talents. Nice. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, fine. But again, are we doing anything new with that show? You would know better than me. No, not really. Like, this season, I don't think was like a particular standout season. Hacks is another one. Like I, maybe I'm just like missing something about Hacks. And to be fair, I haven't given it the old college try. But it just seems like yeah. another one that's like all too cool to say is outstanding. And like, right? I, did Hannah Einbinder like buy a fast pass to a list stardom? Because it just seems like she's had this one role and a famous parent, and like all of a sudden she's like critically acclaimed. I find it strange. Gene Smart deserves all of the praise although is this right. really the, the 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 place to give it to her i don't know yeah yeah i'm not sure um you could have given her what about mayor of easttown was that get nominated for anything that was last year and gene that smart did year. win for it and so I mean, did. maybe okay. so did kate winslet now that i think about it oh i think she did yeah yeah i think so marvelous mrs mazel okay um only murders in the building and i'm watching only murders in the building season two and it's brutal but you're not loving it no you're not loving it no okay it's brutal like i think it's very bad you love you love the first season so Uh, yeah no i liked the first few episodes and then i stuck with it because it was safe and it was like it has a it has a, a visual style to it that i appreciate but the acting's not great i think i think Steve and Marty are pretty good. I think Selena Gomez is an atrocious actor. Really? With a str- with a string of likability to her, but they're also like bringing in a lot of a lot of fame because they can. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's it's really not justified. So like Amy Schumer's right. in this season and she's bad. And Cara Delevingne's in it and she's bad. And even Tina Fey when she's in it is kind of bad. It's bad. Yeah. Kind of bad. Uh, and Ted Lasso, which you know could clean up again. And what we do in the shadows, I mean, it would be neat if what we do in the shadows won. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be considered like one of those like overdue just wins. Yeah, it's only had three seasons, two seasons. Yeah, no, it's got to be more than two. I think the third season might be coming out, but okay. I think there might only be two seasons. All right. Um, let me check it out here. You know what? In mentioning this, because it's it's Taika adjacent, 
I'm a little it surprised. I'm a little surprised. Reservoir Dogs is not in this category because that really Reservation seemed dogs. Reservation Dogs. That really seemed like a show that was going again. Like it, 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 it looks good to nominate it, but also the the rub on it, like the praise on it, was really high. That's a great point. I that was actually like a huge miss. Yeah. Um, by me not not recognizing that because I thought it for sure would have been big time Emmy bait. Um. Bateman nominated again for Ozark uh, for lead actor in a drama. I mean, I guess that's going to happen, but I don't, I don't get it. Brian Cox is amazing in Succession. There's no question. Uh, Lee Young Jae for Squid Game. I guess he's the lead guy. Uh, Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. I think that the fans really want Odenkirk to get it because he hasn't yet, and the show is really good. Yeah, and um, he had a heart attack filming the final season. Oh, you're right. That's I forgot about that. Like what yeah. a what a nice little excla- exclamation point that would be. Adam Scott for Severance. It's really nice to see him get a nomination. This is probably not his time, but he is very good in yeah. that show. Uh, and Jeremy Strong, who won it previously. I mean, there's no question he's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And the Emmys has a history of just like giving out the same trophies to the same people. So it could be him again. Um, but I think it's going to be Odenkirk. I, I, if only because I, I think people would like to see that. Yeah. And also, this is a guy who has like worked in television for a very frigging long time. Totally. He deserves it. Yeah, comedy and otherwise. He's always kind of been like in the background helping a thing to be great. And this was his opportunity to be the star that he always was. And I think that, and this is all coming from a guy who doesn't watch Better Call Saul. It just seems to me like it's a good story if Odenkirk wins this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Lead actress in a drama series, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Laura Linney for Ozark, Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets. Uh, It's funny that they gave it to... Jodie Comer at all. Yeah. Do you watch like that Dave show? It was apparently atrocious in the finals. Like I heard that really, too, really but Jodie Comer has won this award. Yeah. Yeah, and, of course. Which which she's been in good seasons. You know, and her character's dead, I think. And Sandra Oh is also nominated in this category, by the way. They're up against each other. Uh, Zendaya wow. for Euphoria. I mean, in spite of what I said about season two Euphoria, which I still enjoyed not being as good as season one Zendaya is incredibly good i i like everything about her It'll probably win yeah and then reese witherspoon for the morning show i mean i watched season one of the morning show i haven't seen season two yet i right. like the notable my notable takeaway about season one is that reese who's an academy award-winning person acted worse than i could like she, she's yeah like she's very bad in it and i i, I can't figure out her being in this category anyway. yeah it's so right. bizarre uh lead actress in a comedy series brosnahan for Maisel. Quinta Brunson for Abbott, Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning for The Great. She's very good, actually. Uh, mm. Issa, Rae for Inse- like the great. Issa Rae for Insecure, possibly for the last time, and Gene Smart for Hacks. So not a lot of great surprises in there. In fact, maybe nobody who hasn't been nominated before. Quinta Brunson, I guess. Uh, lead actor in a comedy series, Donald Glover's interesting because he's like yeah. really in a backseat in Atlanta, right? Yeah, there was like no episodes with Donald Glover. In. He, they're out of... I don't know, maybe there were seven episodes. He was maybe in three and not in like a huge part. Bill Hader for Barry, who could win, I think. Nicholas Holt for The Great. Uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, both separately for Only Murders in the Building. That's very silly. They're not straining themselves. And uh, Sudeikis for Lasso, who could also win. It's kind of interesting that it's a showdown between Hader and Sudeikis. My generation likes this. Yeah, you're right. Uh, supporting actress in a drama series, Patricia Arquette for Severance. She's good. She's doing what she was hired to do, but I would say she's not doing anything Patricia Arquette hasn't done before in that show. Well, Patricia Arquette has done a lot. So saying that, like, I actually thought... <laughs> she has checked all the boxes. Was, this was the first one, the first time where I was like, Patricia Arquette's really fucking good. Okay. Like the first, even more so than like Boyhood. I, I thought she was good in that. But like, just this kind of showed her like, maniacal range is she better than sarah snook in succession or sydney sweeney in euphoria for that matter i don't know i don't think people give sarah snook the kind of like props that maybe she should get oh i think she's so good and i think i actually think there's something like that you can't say something you can't say about patricia arquette in severance or julia garner in ozark um, or frankly, Sydney Sweeney, 
is that Sarah Snook is understated in that show, which is full of loud, cursy people. It's uh, the show is full of people screaming, and she is just as vile as the rest of them. But they're like all of them. There's this like vein of like kind of sadness and worry in that performance, and she's also very stately in it. I I I think she's amazing. Just shivin' around. Also, Rhea Seahorn, which I guess is a bit of like a fan exciting thing. Better Call Saul. Uh, J. Smith Cameron for Succession. Who could that be? Oh, that's probably Jerry. Um, Christina Ricci for Yellow Jackets and uh, Young Ho Young for um, Squid Game. That's a loaded category. There's a lot of good actors in there. Uh, Supporting actor drama series, Nicholas Braun for Succession. (laughs) Okay, that's Cousin Greg. Uh, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show. He's always good. Kieran Culkin for Succession. Uh, Park Hae-Soo for Squid Game. A lot of Squid Game. My goodness. Matthew McFadden for for Succession. That's the third Succession in this category. John Turturro for Severance, Christopher Walken for Severance, and Oyo Sue for Squid Game. So that whole category is three shows. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I'm going to start to go faster. Alex Borstein again for Maisel, Hannah Einbinder for Hacks, Janelle James for Abbott Elementary, Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. All right. Uh, Sarah Niles for Ted Lasso, uh, Juno Temple for Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddington for, uh, I think it's Hannah Waddingham, isn't it? This says Waddington. Uh, Hannah Waddingham for for Ted Lasso. Anthony Kerrigan for Barry, he's no ho-hank. Brett Goldstein for Ted Lasso, that's Coach Beard. Uh, Tahir Jimmo for Ted Lasso, I don't know who that could be. Nick Muhammad for Ted Lasso, oh my God. Tony Shalhoub for Maisel. Uh, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary. That's Everybody Hates Chris. Henry Winkler for Barry. And Bowen Yang for Saturday Night Live. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, wow. Inventing Anna got nominated for uh, Best Limited Series, which I think is ridiculous. That's, and same as so pa- Pam and Tommy. I watched every episode of that, and it's not right. a good show. It's not good. We Own the City must have been nominated, right? It's, that should end it's up. not. It didn't? No. No, I, I think I think I didn't watch it, but I think you're right. I think that was a huge miss. Uh, did burn fall? No. Gross. No. Yeah, it's gross. Because I've, I've said a lot of people who are good, but I've said all, uh, some forgettable stuff too. Uh, the Dropout. I watched nope. The Dropout and it's not Emmy quality. Guys, this has to go to The White Lotus. This category can only justly go to The White Lotus. God, I, I almost don't even think anyone was better at acting than John Bernthal in... What a take. We own the city. I heard them like, talking about him on, on The Watch, and they said very aptly that he's not as famous as TV fans may realize. Like, it's easy to forget that he's, like, your mom doesn't know who John Bernthal is. Right. But he's so charismatic. Like, he's he's the ultimate character actor. You know how they say about yeah. Brad Pitt that he's a, a movie star who's actually a character actor? That is actually yeah. John Bernthal because right. he can do it all. There was actually a show, like a, I saw like a preview for John, it was like John Bernthal and Christopher Maloney. Yeah, I saw that too. What is There's that There's a still for? going around where he looks very panicked. Yeah, it looked like they were both inmates and I was like, is this Oz or something? Anyway, sorry. That's okay. Uh, check out the movie stars in uh, Outstanding Lead in a Limited Series. Colin Firth for The Staircase, Andrew Garfield for Under the Banner of Heaven, Oscar Isaac for Scenes from a Marriage, Michael Keaton for Dope Sick, Himesh Patel for Station Eleven, and Sebastian Stan for Pan, Pam and Tommy. Those are all movie stars. And by the way, a lot of, uh, some underrepresentation for Station Eleven too, I think. Yes, not a lot of love there. And um, Sebastian <laughs> Stan, like imagine him winning. Give me a break. He won't. I, don't, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think... Could be Michael Keaton's to lose, probably. Um, yeah. yeah. Tony Collette, uh, Julia Garner for Inventing Anna. Like, this is one of the most mocked performances of the year in TV. Yeah. So, like, what are we talking about? Lily James for Pam and Tommy, Sarah Paulson for Impeachment because she always gets nominated, Margaret Qualley for Maid, Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout. Um, oh, my God. Look at this category. Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series. Connie Britton for The White Lotus. Jennifer Coolidge for The White Lotus. Alexandra D'Addario for The White Lotus. Natasha Rothwell for The White Lotus. Sydney Sweeney for The White Lotus. Caitlin Deaver for Dope Sick and Mare Whittingham for Dope Sick. Wow. Five White Someone. Lotuses in one category. White Lotus has to win that. It's going to be... Although Dope Sick, I'm sure like the two, the two people in Dope Sick were probably... I love Caitlin Deaver. I, mean, I think it's going to be uh, Coolidge because she got the most bang for her buck out of that performance, but I don't know if she was yeah. the best person in it. 
Um, yeah. I, I'm, I, I like Sydney Sweeney, as you know. Um, I, yeah. I think we're, we get the picture. I don't have to read through all of them, do I? No. Um, I I'm, looking, I'm looking for other like egregious mistakes. Seth Rogen also got nominated for supporting actor in a, in a limited series for Pam and Tommy. Um, I don't... Oh, and so did Jake Lacey for The White Lotus and Marie Bartlett for The White Lotus in that category and Steve Zahn for The White Lotus. Holy suffering. Everybody in that show got nominated. Didn't um, Bill Hader get nominated as like supporting actor in a guest role or something for Curb Your Enthusiasm? Oh, possibly. I don't know if I have that here. I think he did, which is just kind of funny. Like Outstanding guest actor in a comedy series, Bill Hader for Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um also, Gerard Carmichael for Saturday Night Live, which is kind of nice. Uh, James Lance for Ted Lasso. Nathan Lane for Only Murders in the Building. Christopher McDonald for Hacks. And Sam Richardson for Ted Lasso. Yeah, kind of a funny one. This is a category that kind of uh, strikes me as odd. Outstanding television movie, including Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, The Survivor, Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon, uh, Ray Donovan, The Movie, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Wow. <clears throat> so this really begs the question, what qualifies it as a TV movie? Right. Like, could the Irishman have been in this category in another year? I, I, I'm taking it not, but like... The fact that Rescue Rangers could be... That's what changes it, right? That's the outlier. Yeah. And then there's a, like a lot of repeats. It's always John Oliver. It's always RuPaul. Um, Outstanding Variety Special, Adele, One Night Only, which I did watch. Dave Chappelle, The Closer, which I did watch. Harry Potter, 20th Anniversary, Return to Hogwarts, which I did watch. Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special, which I did watch. And One Last Time, An Evening with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, which I did not watch. Are they going to give that to Norm because he died? They could. You know what? It's that would I, Saying what I just said kind of cheapens it. What he does is pretty cool in that yeah. special. Yeah. I still haven't watched it. But but it's worth a watch. He just does a special on his webcam. He has no audience. Uh, okay. And then there's a really nice half an hour conversation with some insanely famous people talking about what Norm meant to them. Right. It's a good watch. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's the Emmys. And that's the Emmys. When do, when do they happen now? I think in the fall. I think it's usually a September thing. It's kind of like the, the kickoff to... Uh, to awards season. It says here that Jane Lynch is nominated for uh, guest actress in a comedy series in Only Murders in the Building. And I have no memory of Jane Lynch being in Only Murders. That's strange. Imagine if that was just like a, a typo. Are you aware of the funny girl drama that's happening on Broadway right now? I'm, I'm guessing you are not. You don't know what happened there. No. So our girl Beanie Feldstein uh, was playing Fanny Bryce on Broadway, which was like a big deal because it's the first time anyone is playing that role on Broadway since Barbara Streisand. So like okay. really iconic uh, Broadway performance, like career making uh, role for for Barbara. And apparently it's a, a, a role and a character that has always been very dear to Beanie. She had like a funny girl birthday party when she was six. And so okay. she's starring in that show and it was quite anticipated, but then it came out to middling reviews and zero Tony nominations. And all at once, Beanie leaves the show six months before her contract is up. And Ooh. they cite creative differences that they want to take the show in another direction, which is possible. Like maybe they want to like rework the show so that it's better because it's not going all that well. And she's using that as an opportunity to break her contract and leave the show because she's not happy there. Or more cynically, you could view it as uh, she didn't get nominated and so she doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. The other right. thing that was funny about Beanie Feldstein, who's quite a like cool zeitgeisty person in terms of famous people, getting that role is that it was kind of always an unspoken thing that if ever they remounted Funny Girl, what's her name from Glee would play her, Leah Michelle, Because uh. she really like made it part of her her public image that she was inspired by Funny Girl and by Barbara Streisand and she sang the Rain of My Parade song in Glee and like she really like set herself up as like the obvious person to star in that show should they ever do it. And then they just right. bypassed her and went straight to to Beanie, which made nobody feel bad because um, Leah Michelle is famous for not being very nice. Uh, then Beanie leaves the show and within 24 hours, they cast Leah Michelle. She has the role, it's her job. Whoa. Watch, watch, and retroactively nominate her. Well, and notably, 
uh, Jane Lynch is also in that show and she has a history working with Leah Michelle. And so she would have had an opportunity to say, please don't bring her aboard. Right. <laughs> and, and the producers might have said, look, it's going to sell tickets because we can actually like publicize yeah, this. Here. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, that's interesting. So did they butt heads? I don't know if they specifically have butted heads because like they're not the same generation. But like, right. yeah, there were there was some some riffs on the Glee set with Naya Rivera, who's also no longer with us. They like pretty had an op- had a pretty open feud. There was some ego stuff on that show. Yeah, doesn't Glee feel like a different time? It really does. <laughs> actually, Jen was watching a show that had, and actually, I think that same guy who was in Glee was in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, okay. A very funny role. Wh- yeah. Which guy is that? Do you know? Um, the, uh, yeah, one of the, the, you know, the tall Asian dude. Oh, okay. All right. He was a dancer. I remember that much. Got it. All right. Well, we hit our hour, I think. Yeah, I think so. Kevin Hurts. I'm always super, like, I I wake up so early now that I'm like, in the evening, I just, I don't want to have a coffee because then I'm not going to be able to fall asleep. No, it's okay. I I mean, I always, we have a long history of like me thinking we're going to have lots to talk about and then we have a hard time reaching an hour or other times where we just happen to be chatty on not that much topic and not right. that much subject matter when and we, we, we clean house. When we don't do shows too. We haven't been doing shows and, and, I, and we can talk about this later, but like, I wonder if that's the future of the show show is like not giving ourselves so much homework. Just catching up. Well, especially yeah. if we're not going to do them every week. Because there's, right. we're, we're watching stuff anyway, but like we can talk about the stuff that we're actually passionate about rather than forcing ourselves to watch some like long drama. It's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, so I guess right now you're uh, the most into loot. Yeah, I like loot a lot. Yeah. That's kind of your, your go-to right now. I would say I finished The Bear in one day and I watched it over again uh, like six episodes today. Yeah. And uh, The Old Man. Also another good one. Yeah, and I guess we would have, that's definitely one of those shows we would have done a podcast about had we been doing them more regularly. So maybe I'll have to check that out. Maybe that can be my my palate cleanser in between now and The Bear, which I don't yet have access to. Right, and For All Mankind, also a good one. Okay, good to know. Uh, The old man starts out so, so slow and like maybe sad, but bear with it because it's it's solid. uh, Kevin Hart says that Will Smith is doing better. Kevin Hart says this. <laughs> if you are Will Smith's agent, who's the one person you don't want coming out to say Will Smith's doing fine? Probably oh, Kevin Hart. I, it's not. No, it's not Kevin Hart. The one person you don't want to come out and say that is like, I don't know, Donald Trump Jada. or like J.K. Rowling or something. Yeah, Jada. No, Jada has done that though. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I heard today that there's a red table talk like. Red table talk talk or something, and it's like people that review. That's such a funny idea for. That's a podcast. Table. It's a podcast. I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that made me laugh. I wonder if um, they. I wonder if they uh, trust Will Smith. I can, I would say probably not. No, it sounds like they're mocking them. You, you can't watch. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't watch and recap that Joe and trust Will Smith. You know what's up. So it's, it's nice to know that out there in uh, in podcast land, there are other people who likely don't trust Will Smith. Yeah, it's a regular thing. And we don't trust Will Smith. We don't trust Will Smith. Can, and we hope that you also will never trust Will Smith. <laughs> Don't do it.